Hello, is anybody out there? I, I, <clears throat> I have to apologize. Um, I, I've been sick all week. My head's in a bubble, and so I really am not 100% sure what I'm doing. Um, and I didn't snub you if I didn't shake your hand this morning. I just don't. There's certain things that we don't share, and that's kind of one of them. So anyhow, um, I'm here, and let's just pray that, that God shows up. There's, a, there's an outline in your worship folder. You can follow along. There's some fill-ins there. Um, we're starting a new series. I, I can say this now because it's December. Merry Christmas. It's hard to believe it's December, 23 more days, and it's Christmas. So Jade's done a great job with the set. Julie has spent days and days um, decorating in here um, to, to make us feel like it's a Christmas up north. And what's interesting is most of the stuff here is like from my house. <laughs> and, so, and so I kind of feel like we're just going to do Christmas all together here. It's going to be Christmas up north. We're going to be all together um, and we're just going to have a fun time for the next couple weeks. So let me ask you this. Um, Julie spent a lot of time getting everything in, in this building prepared. Are you prepared for Christmas? Yes. You prepared for... How many of you have your shopping done? Three hands. <laughs> I don't. We, we got ours... I got mine done early one year, and I forgot what I got. And so you just keep buying stuff, and it's really bad. So last minute works better for me. How many people do not have their tree up yet? See? A lot of us aren't prepared. So how do we prepare for Christmas? Everybody prepares a little bit differently. We do things. We have traditions um, that we do for Christmas. Sometimes it's gatherings. Um, sometimes we do certain things, certain books, certain movies. I, I have to... I might burst your bubble a little bit, but... Um, I, want, I just want to share with you what my favorite Christmas movie is, because you might think, you know, well, he's the pastor. It's got to be something like, you know, and you think of some amazing Christmas movie. It, here's my favorite Christmas movie. I'd like to share It's my all-time favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. I'm not saying that everything in it is good. I'm just saying I love Christmas Vacation. It's not Christmas until we've seen that movie. You can go ahead and Thank you, taking that down. But there are things that we do every year um, as people to kind of celebrate Christmas. And sometimes it, they, they help us do things as um, Julie and, and actually her. I love looking at house decorations. One of the things that we do is um, Julie and, and actually her, her sister as well has, has these little houses, the Department 56 houses. And, and it's kind of like Christmas stuff. We found, she, Julie's sister found this like a year or two ago. I got to show you this picture. This is amazing. You can get these houses for Christmas vacation. <laughs> and and she, ha, she has the whole setup. It's like the movie sitting on her thing out there um, with, with the house and the lights and, and with some of what we can't really say here, exactly how they describe <laughs> it in the movie. But I, I have to say, we love going and looking at Christmas decorations. I saw a picture of the greatest Christmas house decorating that I've ever seen. Go ahead and show the next picture. <laughs> is, is this not great? That's my all-time favorite decorating for, for Christmas. He's got the station wagon with the tree on it and the thing that we're not going to explain fully right here right now. If you've seen the movie, you understand that. But anyhow, I don't know if that's how you decorate for Christmas um, or if you decorate for Christmas or what you do to prepare for Christmas. Um, whether, whether it's a tree or a Christmas cookies or whatever, I don't know. But let me ask you this. When you think back to last year, last year's Christmas, 
What did you do to spiritually prepare for Christmas? Did your preparations, did your season have anything to do with Christ? Because it, it kind of, he is the reason for the season. You know, we know that. The problem is, it's so easy to just get focused into all the other things. What did we do to prepare for Christmas that brought Christ into it? Now, I'm not talking about the, you know, somebody comes up to you at Walmart and says, Happy Holidays, and you say, Merry Christmas! It's not Happy Holiday! That really helps with the Christmas spirit, by the way. To, to put people down like that. Um, it's perfectly okay to say Merry Christmas, but, but our job is not to correct everybody. If somebody doesn't have Christ in Christmas, you can't put it in there for them, but you can put it in yours, okay? I don't think too many people actually prepare to see Christ at Christmas. I, I, I talk to people, and it's almost like, it's almost just like normal, only with a tree and different songs, what if we actually spent time preparing for Christ this Christmas? What kind of a difference do you think it might make? This year, maybe as you're putting away the Christmas stuff, as you're putting away the decorations, you might actually say, wow, I encountered God in a way that I never have before. Or, or maybe a, a way that I never thought I could. Or I was closer to Jesus or heard from Christ in a way that I didn't think was possible. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. How many, how many would want that? To be able to experience that. So here's what we're going to do for the first week. We're going to get ready for the Christmas up north. For the Christmas, maybe you're all spending Christmas at my house, I guess, because this is half my house here. One of the things I do to prepare for Christmas is I read through all the Christmas passages. I start at the beginning of the month, and I just read through all the Christmas passages, um, all the, the different perspectives they give us, the prophecies, and what to spiritually prepare for Christmas. Not, it's not about getting your decorations ready or getting your tree up or getting all that in order. It's about spiritually preparing. And we're going to look at these, these different readings from the Christmas story and see what jumps out that can help us prepare better for Christmas, all right? We're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. And it says, starting in verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was engaged to marry Joseph. And remember, Mary's just a, a, a teenager, just a young girl here. She was engaged to marry Joseph, but before they, they married, this engagement period back then, was, it was actually a very official thing. It wasn't just like, oh, we're engaged. It was like, you're engaged. In order to break the engagement, you had to actually have a divorce. That's how serious the engagement period was. And, and so during this engagement period, they, they were engaged, but before they were married, she learned she was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that had to be, that had to be a, a biggie for her and for Joseph. She's, she's a virgin, and she's pregnant. And she tells Joseph this, and Joseph's like, yeah, Really? You know, we hear this story, but we forget these are real people. What are they thinking? It says, Joseph, uh, Mary's husband, Joseph, he was a good man. He didn't want to disgrace her in public, so he planned to divorce her secretly. He was just going to not make a big show of it, but this is like, this can't work. But, it, but Joseph is thinking about all this stuff. She's saying, it's not. It's, 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 it's not what you think, Joseph. It's from God. It's the Messiah. So Joseph's thinking about Christ here. And about all these things, and it says in verse 20, while Joseph thought about these things, and he really thought about these things, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. 
The angel said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The story continues. You know the story. You know the census thing and the tax thing and the donkey ride to Bethlehem and everything. And in Luke 2, it says, She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was, and here's what I want you to get, there was no room for them in the inn. Every single time I read that, it hits me. It hit me extra this year because I'm focusing on Joseph who can thinking, he think about nothing but the Christ. He's consumed with thinking about Christ. And then you have a whole city, Bethlehem, who has not one thought about him, who's not thinking about him at all and doesn't have any room for him. And you know what? The same thing is going on right now. Either you're consumed with thoughts about Jesus you're focusing on him or you're just spending time on the external physical stuff maybe maybe sometimes you're too much like bethlehem you know when it comes to jesus eh never really thought about it you know think about your last week you might think well that's not me that's not me think about your last week in your last week which of those things best describes you were you consumed with thoughts about Christ? Or were you focused on everything else? Because you think about this, in Bethlehem, at this moment, the greatest birth in the hidden noticed universe took place. And nobody noticed. It fulfilled centuries of prophecy. It split history in two, B.C. and A.D. And nobody noticed they were too busy and preoccupied so that brings me to the first way that we can prepare for christ this christmas number one make room make room to spiritually prepare to prepare spiritually for christmas let's make room in our thoughts for christ let's make room in our thoughts for christ this may or may not be you know the happiest time of the year but it certainly is the biz busiest time of the year. <laughs> things get crazy. You have so many things to think about. There are so many things that preoccupy our thoughts and our schedules and our to-do list. And I know a lot of people come in here on Sunday and those things are still floating around in your head. I got to do this today. I got to do that tomorrow. We haven't done this yet. And we start to focus on all those things. And you know as well as I do, the result of focusing on all those things is the same. It's called stress. And remember what Jesus was supposed to be? The prince of what? Peace. Wouldn't it be great if we had a little more of that? A little more peace this season when we're celebrating him? So here's what I need you to do. Just think about what you're thinking about. Because if you're thinking about the wrong thing all the time, you're not going to end up in the right place. Think about what you're thinking about. Here's what Hebrews 3.1 says. I like how it starts. Holy brothers and sisters. It's hard to say that normal. <laughs> brothers and sisters. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, we're family. Brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. Here's what he wants you to do. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. 
You fix your thoughts on Jesus. That word is a very strong word, fixing your thoughts. There's, there's implication that the, the attention that you pay to that is just intense. The, the whole contemplating that is just broad and, and, and thorough, and it results in not just a deeper understanding, but in life application. That's what it means to fix our thoughts on Jesus. And what if, by changing our focus, we could experience more peace this Christmas than we thought possible? You think, yeah, you don't know what's happening in my life. It doesn't matter. You can still experience that peace. How might we do that? Spiritually preparing by making room for him, by including him in our thoughts. Here's three simple ways to fix our thoughts on Jesus this Christmas. The first one. Begin your day with a simple prayer. Begin the first thing in the morning. Your eyes open up. What's your first thought? Bathroom, probably, but that's... Change your first thought. Here's your first thought. Just a simple prayer. Jesus, you entered our world at Christmas so we could have a right relationship with God. Speak to me today. Empower me to do your will. I'll seek to listen and obey as you guide me. Thank you for coming to earth for me. Amen. Just a simple Christmas prayer to get you thinking about it, starting the day right. Many of you do this. Many of you don't. What if you did? What if you did? I have a challenge for you. How about this? 23 days. In 23 days, it's Christmas. For the next 23 days, begin your day thinking about Jesus with just a simple Christmas prayer. Here's another suggestion, another way to focus. During this season, make your music worshipful. i got to be really careful with this because when I say that, in a congregation like this, there's 50 different things people are thinking. Some of you are thinking, slow and contemplative. That's worshipful. And for you it is. Some of you are thinking, and that's worship. I can't do that too fast because everything goes funny here. Um, <clears throat> and that's worshipful for you, and that's okay because it's about taste. Here's what I'm saying. During this season, maybe just change up your soundtrack from what you might normally listen to to maybe Christmas songs. I think it's funny. Even, even like, um, like, what is it? Cool 108 becomes a Christian station during Christmas. They don't even know it, but they play Christmas songs, you know? Um, because when you listen to a Christmas song and you hear about Jesus, you're thinking about Christ. That's worship. I love, I was going to say I love shopping. That's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> I love when I'm with Julie shopping and we're in Kohl's, she's shopping and I'm just doing whatever. And, and the music is playing over there and, and the Christmas song comes on and I, I love to elbow her and say, you see the, the gospel, that's the gospel in Kohl's right now over the speakers. And it helps me focus on Jesus, and it helps me focus on that He is the reason for the season. Makes it a little bit more worshipful. So begin your day with a simple Christmas prayer. Make your music worshipful. And then end your day with a Christmas prayer. Maybe something as simple as, thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth 2,000 years ago. To bring me life. To do life with me. Thank you for walking with me and talking with me today. I love you. Amen. Just Think about the fact that we're celebrating that he came to earth for you. 
We think about that as we start. We think about that throughout the day. We think about that as, our, as we close our day. And those three simple things could help you keep your focus on Christ. And if you did these three simple things for the next 23 days, you could probably have a little bit more Christ in your Christmas. You could have a little bit more peace in this season because he is the Prince of Peace. So we're just going to keep going in this Christmas story, and we'll pick it up in Luke 2 again. Now in verse 8, it says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now I want to I say something here, and I know it's going to mess with some of you. When we think of shepherds out in the field, I don't know about you, but growing up I thought of these old guys, big long beards, you know, staffs out in the field. Do you know who the shepherds were? Kids. Teenagers or younger because the youngest in the family always got the job of being the shepherd. Do you remember the little shepherd boy who became king? His name was David. He was a little shepherd boy because his brothers were all older. He was the youngest. He had to be the shepherd out in the field. These shepherds out in the field were just kids. There's kids out in the fields guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly... An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The entire area is now lit up, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So the shepherds, these kids, said to each other, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And in verse 16, I love this, they hurried. It's not like, okay, let's go see the Savior. (laughs) They were excited. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Because when you seek him, you find him. And they found him. So here's the second thing. Seek his presence. Not just presence at Christmas. Seek his presence. To prepare spiritually for Christmas, let's run to the presence of Jesus. Let's look for it. Let's seek it. Christmas for me growing up was not always like the hallmark moment. We didn't have any money, and, and, and there was stuff happening at home. And one of the things that, that I do have a vague memory of is a couple Christmases where there were going to be presents under the tree, and there was going to be stuff happening for Christmas. And I remember that, that bit of excitement, but not really knowing. And so what we tried to do for our kids is we tried to make that a little bit more magical. And I remember when my kids were younger how excited they were for Christmas morning. You know, it was one day of the year that they got up early. And it's like, oh, what's down there? What's under the tree? And I remember that excitement. And I think, when was the last time you had that much excitement for Christ? That you were that excited to see him because you knew that he was going to be there. In John 6, it says this, spend your energy... We all have a certain amount. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Spend your energy seeking Jesus. Spend your energy seeking Him because if you seek Him, you'll find Him. 
If you search for him with all your heart, that's what the Bible says. Lifeway Research does polls among um, Christians and churches and even non-Christians, but they did a poll last year, and, and the results were kind of, they were kind of sad for me as a pastor. It was this, in America, only 19% of Christians personally read the Bible every day. And I want to say, I'm sorry, in my church that's way higher, is what I want to say, but I don't know that. But nationwide, 19% of Christians read their Bible every day, only 19%. And we wonder why things are the way they are. And, and why things appear to be headed in the wrong direction. It's because too few people are seeking Christ. Too few people are seeking His wisdom and guidance for their lives. They're going on past stuff. They're not seeking what He has for them now. We have 23 days till Christmas. Here's what I say. Let's do this. Let's focus on Jesus. 23 days, and you say, yeah, but I, 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 there's been some mess up here, and I've done, it's like, okay, today, start today, from this day forward, we're going to start seeking Him. We're going to start focusing on Him. We're going to forget about the past. We're going to start focusing right now. The next thing, the verses I forgot to put on your outline. They're going to be up on the screen but I forgot to put them on the outline. You're lucky you have an outline. I was sick this week, remember? So here, here's what it says in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Herod was, was the king. He considered himself the king of kings at that time. Herod was like the richest guy in the whole area. Some of the things he did were absolutely crazy in terms of showing the opulence of his, his reign and, and how much money he had. And it was just crazy. But during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. These are the wise men. And we always see three wise men. We don't know how many there were. There were three gifts. That's why we always assume three, but we don't know. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him, which is interesting because Herod wanted everybody to worship him. He was the king. He considered himself the king of the Jews. You're looking for the king of the Jews? Here I am. And they're like, no, the real king, which did not set well with him. There's more to this story. We're going to skip that today, but Herod did not like that. And so they decided to leave. In verse 9, it says, and the star they had seen when it rose um, uh, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. So they left Herod and they're following the star again. And verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Again, such an incredible contrast. Herod, the richest guy around. No gifts. These three guys from out of town bring gifts to Jesus to worship him. So here's a third way to really prepare for Christmas this year. Number three, bring a gift. Bring a gift. To, spiritually, to prepare spiritually for Christmas, let's worship Jesus with a thoughtful present. You might not even have thought about this. You know? what, what is the, like, the biggest tradition of Christmas time? It's giving gifts, getting gifts, right? Gift, did you ever wonder where gift giving came from? Right here, from the wise men. They gave gifts to Jesus. 
See, we will thoughtfully give gifts for a parent or for a child or a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend. We'll put a lot of time in that. When was the last time that you put significant thought into a gift for Jesus? It's his birthday. The wise men gave gifts. The first gift they gave was gold. Gold symbolized the king. What they're saying when they give this gold is, he is my king. They gave frankincense. That's not the monster. That's an incense that the priests used to carry and swing and the smoke would come out of it. And they would lead people into the presence of God as the priest. When they brought Jesus frankincense, they're saying, He is my priest. He is my mediator. He is the one who is opening the door so that I can go to God. First Timothy says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. He came to give us access to God. So they said, He is my king. He is my priest, my mediator. They gave him myrrh. This is a weird thing. Myrrh is a burial spice. You go to, try this. Go to a baby shower. When they open up your gift, what's this? Burial spice. (laughs) How well do you think that would go over? They look at this, it's like burial spice. You know why they did that? He died in my place. They knew that was going to happen. So he is my king, he is my priest and mediator, he died in my place. These guys just wanted to worship. They wanted to worship him. What if that was our heart? What if that was our real heart for Christmas this season? He's my king, and I thoughtfully brought him a gift. The fourth way to spiritually prepare, when I read earlier from Luke 2, I purposefully left out a couple verses, and I want to read those now the fourth one. Starting in Luke 2, um, they, the, the angel showed up and the, the shepherds are terrified. They were terrified. And then verse 10, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with whom God is pleased. You see what's happening here is these little shepherds out in the field, all of a sudden the angel shows up, the light is so bright, they don't know what's going on, and then the rest of the angels show up and they have a message. And Maybe what we need to do this Christmas is be a little bit more angelic. Now, I have to correct this. There's people say this, and I know they mean well. Somebody dies. Oh, heaven gained another angel. No, no. There are angels, and there are people. And angels don't become people, and people don't become angels. When I die, I'm going to be a people still. I'm going to be a people in heaven, but I'm not going to be an angel. I'm going to be a people. But you know what? This Christmas, maybe you should be a little bit more angelic and do what the angels did. Here's the fourth thing. Shout God's good news. 
That's what they did. Shout God's good news to prepare the world spiritually for Christmas. Let's shout God's goodness in dark places. Remember the setting here? The little shepherds out in the field? It's dark. You don't have all the, the light pollution from the cities and stuff. There are, they don't have electricity, you know? It's dark outside. It's pitch black, and then the most brilliant light appears, and the angels shout in this dark place, and the message is shouted out. Here's what the angels shout. There is good, joyful news. That's what they're shouting. They're shouting, a Savior has arrived. The wait is over. The Savior has arrived. And God has peace for you. This is a time when people needed to hear this. You know why this matters so much? It matters today because maybe you're in a dark place. You ever been in a dark place? Confusion? Discouragement? Betrayal, failure, health issues, job loss, family problems. There are all kinds of dark places. But here's the message. Jesus showed up in the middle of a dark world to bring the light. The Christmas story is that God is for you even in your dark place. God is for you. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. That right in the middle of your confusion, He is there. Right in the middle of your betrayal or failure, He is there. Right in the middle of your health issue, He is there. In the middle of your job loss, He is there. In the middle of your family problems or your financial problems, He is there. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He has not forgotten you. He is there because he is light in a dark place. You just have to trust him. This Christmas, you can walk through this season either in your dark place or you can walk through this Christmas in the light. It's your choice. It's not about your situation getting better. It's all about what you do with Jesus that determines your experience. Maybe you, maybe you know Jesus, but maybe you're just not focusing on Him. Maybe it's time to get back to what's really important and to focus on Him. Maybe you've never met Him, and it's time to realize, I need Him. I need that light in the dark places. What if for the next 23 days, that's what we did? We brought light. Convenient places. I'm going to make it easy for you. We've made these very easy, convenient to carry cards that you can carry with you. And when God lays on your heart somebody to invite, you can hand them this card. Not. I made these cards. Cut these out last night. It took way longer than I thought it was going to, but... We have these cards. They look like this. They're only smaller, easier to carry. Here's the idea. These are not to grab a handful of 
and stick under people's um, uh, windshield wipers or, or spread them out or, or stick them on walls places or hand them out. Here's the idea. I would rather you just take one and pray and know that God is leading you to invite someone and you walk up to them and you say, would you like to join me at Christmas? We have three services that day, either 9, 10.30 or 6 p.m. at night. Which one, which one would you like to go to? Worst thing that could happen is they say no. What if they said yes? What if they said yes and it changed their eternity because they met the Christ of Christmas? When I cut these out last night, I actually was praying for them, praying over them because I would cut them out and it would, one would come out and it would be just a little off because I, I'm, I'm like in a bubble sick and, it, and it's like oh that one's not perfect what if what if this was the card that somebody was holding that came that christmas service and received jesus and it changed their life forever this could be the card that they were holding when they did that the person that god lays on your heart could be the one that comes to jesus because of that we could shine a light in a dark place Amen. and make christmas for somebody more than they could ever imagine. Why do we do this? Remember last week? Remember what our mission is? Our mission is helping people find true north on this journey called life. You know what true north is, right? True north is Jesus. And that's what we do. We help people find Jesus to connect with Him there's a verse in Matthew. I love it in the message paraphrase. It says this, Matthew 3.3. 3, Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. That's two-pronged. One is preparing for God's arrival. That's us. That's what we do. We prepare ourselves for God's arrival. We're going to prepare this Christmas spiritually to encounter Christ. And then it says make the road smooth and straight. I've said this before here. We want to make this a really, really hard place to go to hell from. But we want to make it an easy place to go to heaven from. And we want to shine that light for them. I'd like you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, we are just in awe that for, for a month, people all over the world will be focusing, maybe even without knowing it, on the fact that you loved us so much that you gave your only son. You sent your only son to earth. That when Jesus came and was born that first Christmas, that's what brought hope. And Father, as so many focus on that, maybe even without knowing it, I pray that our focus would be on Jesus. We would fix our eyes on Jesus, that we would be able to be that light in the darkness for people. And Father, anybody listening to that who's never met that Savior, They've heard the stories, they've heard the, the Christmas stuff, they've heard about church, but they didn't know that they could have direct access to you through Jesus because of what he did. That this morning in simple faith, they would just say, Jesus, I believe you came, you lived and you died, not, not for your sins, but you died to pay for mine. And I believe and receive that today. And Father, for those who have stepped across that line, I pray that we would fix our thoughts on Jesus and make this a more Christ-filled Christmas. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song.